for coaches, by coaches, this is Soccer Chat with Nick Rizzo and Sean Sauterly, brought to you by social media for high school athletes. What's up, everybody? This is Soccer Chat, brought to you every single week by the good folks at Social Media for the High School Athletes. Check them out online, socialstudentathletes.com, all over social media at HS Social Media. Because of them, those good bros and sisters there, you get this episode for free every single week. That's right, for free. We're not making you pay for this. All because this is a listener-supported podcast, supported by people just like you who's listening to this show right now. The best way you can support us is to share the links out when we put the new shows out, whether you're listening on Apple, on Google, on TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, wherever you may be getting your podcast. Let everybody know that you are listening to Soccer Chat. You can join the conversation every single Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Just type in hashtag Soccer Chat on the Twitter search and join the conversation, answer the questions, meet new coaches, get new ideas, take them to your team, watch your team succeed and grow your coaching network. I'm Sean. He's Nick and Nick. I've got some fantastic breaking news. I do. I know this one already. I don't think so. Let's hear it. I, I, we can't like really do like a drum roll right now. I guess I could add in some sound effects with that. I already mentioned that I would do it, but oh, there you go. Thank you. Thank you, Nick. I need you to get your calendars. And yeah. if you're listening to this, every, everybody who's listening to this right now, get your calendars as well. I want you to take the month of February. I want you to put a big circle around the month because coming in February of 2019, it is the debut of the super duper elite coaching camp clinic. That's right. It's happening. It's happening. We're currently finalizing the process of booking the venue. I cannot wait. It's going to be awesome. And I, I'm so, so, so excited. I want as many of our soccer chat listeners and friends to join us. It's going to be incredible. My mind just in the last like couple of weeks of, of finalizing uh, this, this camp clinic, whatever you may want to call it, uh, I, I, my mind's about to explode because I'm so happy about this. Dude, that's awesome. What started off as just a little Twitter joke is now going to happen. To be honest, I had no idea you were actually working on that. Yes. Uh, and I, I, no, I feel like I've said something before. I like, I, to be honest, I kind of thought it wasn't just. Oh, so you too thought that, you know, like, oh, like, yeah, he's just like, he's, he's whatever. No, it's I, I I'm really excited that it's going on. I hadn't I I didn't have a ton of faith that it was going to happen. So you exceeded my expectations. Well, it's going to happen. Uh, we'll put the the dates out there uh, here in the next couple of weeks, and we'll have the signups for that as well. I'm so excited about it. Uh, I, I feel like I've kind of teased part of it before, um, but I think it's going to be such an awesome experience, professional developly developly. That here I am. It's going to be an awesome experience to develop professionally with yourself, with coaches you've probably never met before. Uh, it's going to be just such a great experience. And I know that the the name of it, the super duper elite, it's really the okayest, but it's kind of decent. If you ask around coaching camp clinic, uh, it, it's it the, while the name itself is, is a play on, on words and it's a play on, on a joke from, from soccer chat just what we're going to do with that, that day and the things that we're going to do as coaches. I think I'm the hope is that people walk away from it and go, 
that was that was needed. I needed that, even if it just for was for one day. I needed that because now I've got even more. Uh, I've got more knowledge. I've got more artillery. I, I've got new ways of thinking that I now can go back to my team and help make our team better. And I've I've made myself as a coach better to where maybe we get to do another one the following year, or maybe we do one. Uh, we do we do however many throughout the year. Uh, but I'm I'm just it's it's like it's like a new toy it's like a baby i'm so excited and i think that most people when they hear like oh like well sean's putting this on it's gonna be like a big joke like stand-up thing it's really not it's really actually professional development as coaches and an opportunity for you to network but not just sit back uh it's going to be super super interactive and that's the thing i want to i want to make sure it gets out there about this is that it's not about you coming down sitting in a chair and just listening to somebody talk for an hour you're going to be involved. It's interactive. It's educational. And I don't know how else to build it up without spilling all the beans. Uh, but I, I probably could talk for another hour about it, but I'm not going to, cause I'm going to save it. No, I think, I think we could like, I think we can, as it gets closer, like gradually start teasing things. Yes. And I will try my best to like tease something new every week, but I, it's, I, I've talked to a few people already, uh, about it and the format and I've gotten nothing but fantastic responses uh, back so far. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm all in on it. The season's starting to, to wrap up. And as soon as the seasons are wrapped up, it's going to be all in super duper elite coaching camp clinic. It's really okay, but it's decent. If you ask everybody around, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be a fun time. Uh, and, and, and you're going to learn, we're all going to learn myself included, uh, and, and we're going to be interactive. So make sure to bring your brains, bring, bring your, uh, your soccer knowledge and just be prepared to give your knowledge back, uh, to coaches everywhere. Who knows? Maybe we might even like, I I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. Maybe we might, we might even put like Facebook live or something. You know, I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to see. That would 100% have to be you. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> I will teach you how to do this. Uh, we'll be in person so we can do that. Yes, yes, yes. So I, I'm excited about it. What, what, what's got you excited coming? I know it's the end of the season. I know your season, you know, it's kind of been ups and downs you, you've had this year. Um, but what are you now excited about? I mean, to be honest, like I think the the cool thing is with our job and everything, I think the cool thing for me has been all the players that even though our season didn't quite go as well, they're constantly reminding me like how cool everything has been here in terms of, you know, results weren't quite where we needed to be this year, but we have kids that are just good kids and they're gonna, they're going to take what we did this year and learn from it. And I think for me, the things I'm excited about, I I mean, I am really excited that like I, I love recruiting and I love getting on the road and talking to all of our friends. And like we, like we're going to talk about in the show later, just really connecting with people because I think at the end of the day, that's one of the coolest parts about our jobs is the culture that we have of coaches that really want to help each other out and be better. Like I was, we, we obviously have a group of friends that we group text with all the time. Me and Chris have one that we text with a bunch and it just, how many coaches group texts do you have? Three. Oh man, I need, I gotta step my game up. I, I have I, one. Not I have one. Any of them though, but like I, to be honest, like, and this is this might sound bad for Chris when he listens to this later. It, I, I would still say at this point, the one that I'm in with you and me is my favorite. 
the one I have with Chris Connor and TR, it's pretty good too. But I would I would have to say the one I have with you and our other friends are is probably my favorite. That's the only one I'm in. And and there's times where I think like, well, maybe nobody else wants me in their coaches group text. And it kind of makes me sad. No, Sean, you're a key you <laughs> you have your your uh, gifts from all of the that one show that you t- you sent to us the one time that I didn't watch. That that's how I speak. But no, but but it does make me like I look back and I think about that group text that I am in, and I'm like, wow, like that's an awesome group. Like I don't think like I, I'm so happy that you know through soccer I was able to just randomly have a a night to go out and watch the U.S. soccer team. You know, I'm glad that uh, Ian and Bianca and Cliff were like, yeah, we we'll go with you. Uh, have never met before. And then we all went out, watched the game, had a good time. And then Don got involved and, and we got you involved in it because we figured out that you knew everybody that was in it. Uh, and it's just, it was a, it's just like, I, I get more out of that group text. And I think, I think you've mentioned this on the show, like we get so much out of that group text more than what its purpose is. Oh, I mean, like for us, it's just, I mean, it's a great resource of, and if for any coaches out there that don't have something like that, I would encourage starting it just because, if you don't have a group text, add Nick and I, and we will join your group text. Yeah, and we'll contribute. We'll be we good contributors. Um, but no, I think for all of us, and we've talked about this before, I think it's just a great place to bounce ideas off of and sometimes vent, you know, just like when something's going great, it's we celebrate each other's success all the time in it. But it's another time where it's a place where if something's not going as great, we can vent to each other, trying to maybe try to help each other figure out ideas together. And I think that it, it, I mean, it's really, it's, it's a great place to help us with our ideas and how we want to go about doing our job in the best way possible and making sure that we're doing the best for our kids. And I mean, again, for any coach that's not doing that, find a group of people you trust and form a small one because it's, I mean, I, I like, honestly, it, the last, however long we've had it has made coaching so much more fun, but also a lot easier because I have so much good knowledge and resources in our group. I think you mentioned about like the Vinti thing. It's, it's, you know, having spouses and things along those lines, it's great to Vinti because they sit there and they're like, Oh yeah. Like, Hey, you know, I'm here for you, but well, but when you can do that to someone else who's in the exact same situation or has been in the exact same situation or who understands coaching and soccer and things along those lines to have that like accountability group is just absolutely incredible. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I wouldn't change. I wouldn't trade it for anything. So, uh, what do you say, Nick? That uh, I know you're excited about this upcoming interview. So, why don't you say uh, we just uh, we 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 get to it a little bit here after this? Perfect. The Wisconsin Women's Soccer Advisory Council, together with the Wisconsin Youth Soccer Association, is proud to present their first annual Women in Soccer Symposium from within the Wisconsin border and beyond. This event brings together the framework of our sport, coaches, administrators, officials, and sports science experts. It's Saturday, December 8th at the Downtown Kitchen in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. $50 for members, $100 for non-members. You can't beat that price. And here's what you're going to get for $100. You're going to get your registration. You're also going to be able to go to sessions with Don Crow, Stephanie Golan, sports science panels, sports psychology panels, 
professional panels, and your keynote speaker is Anton Dorrance from University of North Carolina. You got to check this out. Go to their website, WI Women in Soccer. So that's WI Women in Soccer.com and go register. $50 for members, $100 for non members. You can't pass this up. It's going to be a great event. Tell them the Soccer Chat guy sent you. Go check it out. The Women's Symposium 2018. Sometimes I feel like I want to leave this place for good Under the ground, I'll live down there without a sound And never hear these hissing voices all the same I'll disappear, cause living makes me feel ashamed Each week we bring to you just the guests from all around the country, whether you know them, whether you don't know them. We want to introduce everybody to all the coaches. We're building the networks, our network, your network, everybody's network. That's what it's all about here at Soccer Chat. And tonight we have with us someone that we've talked about on the show many of times, uh, whether it's between Nick and myself or with uh, Nick and other guests. And, and we are happy to finally have him with us. It is the Knox women's soccer coach, Chris Hout Thompson. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well. Uh, you know, obviously with Rizzo big game yesterday, but uh, and we're now I'm up in Chicago recruiting, but I'm doing well. You know, uh, t- today's a day off for us, so opportunity for me to take a breath before the weekend and then uh, the conference tournament next weekend as well. So I'm I'm a little upset because during the preseason and while we were uh, when the season started too, when we were planning our shows out, I told Nick I really wanted to have you on the show like the week that you guys were playing. I wanted just like 45 minutes of just straight trash talk. Yeah. Um, I was literally just going to come on, introduce him back. So you guys are playing this week and then back away uh, for the next hour. Um, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to do that. But the cool thing is, hey, conference tournament's coming up. Uh, we can get a little jaw jacket as it is. But the thing with soccer chat is to kind of know who you are, the coach now. We've kind of got to know where you've been and, and uh, how you got to this point now where you're at in your career. Yeah, uh, I've cut kind of a, an odd background and kind of bounced around a little bit. Um, you know, I, I grew up in the Midwest for the kind of latter part of uh, whatever. And I, I played college soccer at Lake Forest College and just, you know, just north of Chicago. And, you know, I graduated with a psych degree and planned to kind of go the route of counseling psychology. It's kind of a family thing. And, you know, for me, I wasn't ever thinking soccer was my career path. Um, for me, I wasn't sure I wanted to go back to school right away. Um, and so I was working as a teaching assistant in a first grade classroom right out of school. Um, 
you know, that I had done an internship there and they're like, Hey, you should apply and do this. And so just kind of going to bide my time. And, you know, I played for a guy named Chris Bergman who ended up being a huge mentor of mine down the road. And, you know, and, and one day he just gave me a call and, and it was like, Hey, uh, you know, do you want to coach a couple teams in the club? Just kind of start working, you know, reeling me back in. And, and I, and it's, I later found out that, you know, this was his plan all along and I didn't really know it. Um, but, you know, I think for me, I was like, sure, why not, you know, just make a little extra money, you know, coach, you know, whatever you 12, you 13 sides in a small club called Lincolnshire Lightning up, up near Chicago. And, you know, and I was like, yeah, why not? And then, you know, little by little, it was, hey, do you want to go, you know, watch Aurora play Wisconsin Whitewater? You know, hey, do you want to call this this kid for me? And kind of ended up being a volunteer assistant that year at Lake Forest where I had, I had played. And, you know, obviously an odd situation kind of coaching some of the guys I played with. Um, and so ended up being on the men's side there for three years, but kept working myself up, up the ladder, if you will. Um you know, to, to be kind of first assistant there, um, kind of taking charge of recruiting and all those things. But um, so I was, I was there for three years. Um, we did fairly well. I think when I had I'd come into the program there, it was it was a program that struggled. Um, and Chris really came in and, and made some really cool culture changes and and obviously recruited players that helped us become what the Lake Forest program is today. It's a pretty competitive program. And, um, and so we just kind of continued that while I was coaching there. But my last year there, I, I was on the women's side as well, so I did both, and um, we had a 19 and one year, and you know made the national tournament second round, lost in double overtime, and so you know that kind of showed me, you know I had I had an opportunity to really experience both sides, men's and women's, and you know the next year, totally unplanned, uh, Chris took a job at the Virginia Military Institute, um, at Division One school in Lexington, Virginia on the women's side, he had been on the men's side, on the women's side, um, you know, and, and it ended up being, Hey, you know, I get a full-time assistant and, you know, I'd like you to come down and do it. And so for me, it was, it was, you know, I kind of deciding the path I really wanted to take men or women's soccer, um, you know, in division one, division three, et cetera, you know, and I ended up going down because I thought it would be a good kind of career building moment for me. You know, I did interview for a job or two and, I realized I, I needed a little bit more development, um, you know, for me, because I was kind of in the interview, I was very much talking about what Chris did, you know, and then later down the road, you know, when I interviewed at Knox and a couple other places, it, you know, I, I was able to then after VMI talk about what I wanted to do. Um, and so I think that was, you know, cool. And then obviously just being around it day to day and, and I'm sure we'll talk about it, but VMI is just a totally different place. You know, and so so it was just a cool three years, and then ended up at Knox back in you know the Midwest Conference, a place I'm I was comfortable with, and you know a league I played in, and I'm in what, my ninth year in. So um, yeah, here we are. So let's get into the VMI thing. How how was that? You mentioned a, a different environment. Yeah, you know, I think so. I don't think anybody but people at VMI and maybe the Citadel because it's similar know what that type of school is, you know, a lot of people know VMI is a military school, this and that, but it's, it's very different from the academies. So it's state run versus federal run. Um, and so there's not as many limitations. Um, similarly, you aren't required to serve, but you have to go through the whole military lifestyle, education, all that stuff. And similar to the academies, it's just a grueling lifestyle. And so 
you know, it's a division one program playing in the Southern conference, which is a, a very, very good, um, you know, conference. I know you had the Mercer assistant on, you know, and, and it's a, just a, a high level soccer conference. And, and so you're taking players who are spending, you know, all day doing military stuff in a high, high level academic institution um, and potentially getting, you know, five, six hours of sleep and trying to play at a division one level while, you know, trying to, you know, half our team is pursuing uh, a commission. So trying to go into the the military, the other are just trying to get through the day, you know, because it, it is tough, especially as a, a freshman or they call it a rat. Um, and so it's just, it's just different in terms of you can go in with a plan, you know, that might work at any other school in the country. And, you know, you go in with a perfect plan, you think, and, and all of a sudden it's ripped up because it, VMI is just that different place and the periodization is different. You know, what the kids are going through mentally and physically is different. Um, and so just trying to figure out what's best to make sure that, you know, you can get those players to play at, you know, hopefully 80% on match day. You know, I think it's hard to say that any, any, you know, and I would say Navy, Army, Air Force as well, is that those players are at 100%, you know, rested um, 100% mentality on match day just because, you know, they might have gotten up at 3 a.m. to whatever in the middle of the night, and then they were up at 6 a.m. again doing drill work and stuff. And, and there's certain reprieves, but it's not as much as you'd think. Um, so it was just a cool experience. Uh, you know, I, I, I harped on some of the differences, but, I, like, for me it was the m- most awesome place to go because it was so different. And yeah. it gave me an opportunity to really – just see a different side of things. And we had so many challenges that we had to tackle, but it allowed us to kind of really go about it in maybe a different way and and just figure out some things that worked. And, you know, and last year they finished tied for fourth in the SOCON and, you know, and, and, and are doing some really fun things there. So it's, it's cool to see that, you know, over the, when we took over, you know, they were a program that was struggling kind of bottom of division one. And we've, you know, there's certainly, um, still nowhere near you know power five and things but they're they're able to compete which is awesome to see so how, how long was it uh in your time there when you realized like whoa this is a lot different um day three. or negative like just like this is a completely different ball game here um yeah day three <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know maybe maybe hour 22 um you know just it just is you know i think it it kind of is like walking around a military base, you know, and for better and for worse, I think, you know, you're dealing with some of the best people in the country, the most respectful people, um, you know, and, and just people that while it's grueling are going through it for the right reasons. And, you know, so you, you don't, you know, on the plus side, you don't deal with some of the behavior or drinking issues or things, you know, things that you might deal with at a, a state school or, or just a, a regular school. And so there is some of that, but I think you, you realize when you step foot on there and, you know, I think the players you're coaching are just some of the greatest people and they're going to work as hard as possible for you and, and, and those kind of things. But there is there, like I said, there are so many things that you're, you're dealing with that you just don't think about, you know, and, and everybody, you know, you, myself, Nick, you know, we all deal with our, our specific issues you know, but VMI has their kind of list and, and certainly it's just different than in a lot of places. And it, it's pretty, 
you realize it pretty quickly, but it's, you know, I, I think we never saw it as a deficit. It was just kind of like, Hey, this is what we have to deal with and how do we figure it out? You know, and I think that's one of the best lessons I learned from, from Chris and, and from BMI was, you know, take what you're given and just figure it out, you know, whether it be budget or whether it be circumstance or whether it be, you know, the different things you have to deal with. I think that's, you know, that's one of the best lessons I've learned and kind of taken it into the, the things I've done since, since I've left BMI. And obviously, you know, coming from a place like that, you hear of a lot of coaches who have spent time at those military type schools or at the military schools and how, they take so much away from that that they would have never expected to put into their coaching philosophy or the, or their ideas and stuff like that. Uh, not a little known fact. I'm a massive coach K fan. He spent time in the army coached at West point for a little bit. Uh, and he talks about, you know, some of the things that he learned at West point are still things that he uses in his coaching philosophy today. Are there things that you're currently doing still that you did take away from your time at VMI? Yeah, I think absolutely. You know, a lot of the stuff we did was kind of periodization stuff and, you know, we were always talking with Navy and, and some of those people. And now, obviously, Citadel was in our, our conference. So, you know, but just how are you doing things to allow your players to get some rest? I mean, you know, it was utilizing the locker room as a place that, you know, sometimes it was, you know, maybe if our center back, who we knew we needed at the weekend, you know, we needed her to train, but she needed to sleep more. And so it was, hey, you're in the locker room sleeping today. Um, you know, just different things like that. It's, it's just responding to situations individually, collectively. Um, you know, I just, I think it really is just like looking at, you know, what's in front of you and how do you tackle it? You know, I think, like I said, we can kind of came in with a plan. You know, we did some things at Lake Forest we really liked and kind of came in and said, Hey, this is what we're going to be able to do. And, you know, pretty quickly we realized, Hey, we're going to need to change that a little bit. You know, and, and some days it was tactically. Um, I think some days it was in terms of rest and relaxation. And, you know, I think one of the things we we really utilized at BMI was we needed to be the fun aspect, if you will, right? You know, they were going through grueling things all day. And, you know, for us, we, we wanted to be their outlet a little bit. You know, obviously we wanted to be serious and we wanted it to be, um, a place where we could grow, you know, soccer wise, you know, and prepare for the weekend. And, and obviously, you know, there's teams in the SOCON, Sanford, Furman, ETSU, you know, teams of the like that are, are really, really good. And, and we had to get prepared for those guys. But first we had to allow them to enjoy themselves a little bit, you know, and so it might be, you know, we, we started playing music at training, allowing for kind of decompression periods to allow them to really get into it. Just, just different things like that. Um, I think the other thing is it's it's interesting because, you know, we'd have recruits and people on campus and, and they'd, they'd think our players at VMI were, um, you know, could be the most serious kids around. And that. Our players were you know, just as normal as, you know, the, the players I coach at Knox or the players I coach at, uh, that Rizzo coaches at, at Monmouth. And, you know, I think, and, and that's the funny thing. I think the only thing is, is maybe at VMI because it is such a niche, we really learned that we had to show people what VMI was. And I think there's some similarities at, you know, maybe a division three school like Knox or, you know, we can get some quality athletes, quality people that want to be at Knox. We just have to go and show people that it's a great opportunity. You know, cause I think 
there's people even up here in, in the Chicagoland area that don't know what Knox is. And we're what, two and a half hours down there. And so mm-hmm. I think for, for me, it's, it's, you know, on the recruiting side, it was, you know, you just really have to work a little bit harder, but you're going to still be able to find some players that are going to make you better. I mean, and, and, you know, we brought in 10 to 12 every year at VMI and the level's just grown and grown and grown. Um, and I think, you know, we'll obviously continue to, to look to do that at Knox, but I think it's just knowing that, you know, we have to work maybe a little bit harder just to show people who we are. We maybe don't have the name recognition. And I think that was, that was something I really learned on the recruiting front at VMI. Um, you just had to make your connections and you had to really go out there and, and show people why it's a great experience. You know, I, I'm not really a person that sells things. I'm not a used car salesman, <laughs> if you will. You know, I, I really do believe, you know, people need to find the right fit for them, you know, and I wouldn't have been at the places that I wasn't and am, you know, if I didn't think it was a great place. And I just want to show people that. And if it's for them, fantastic. If not, you know, then I'll be as, as big a resource as I can for them in other ways. Well, so you kind of answered the question I had next up a little bit of the recruiting when you're at VMI. And I don't want to harp on VMI the whole time because obviously you're at Knox. We want to get into that. Um, but I think that, you know, there's there's so many coaches who are listening to this. And I know that we do have a lot of young coaches who are listening and they're constantly taking notes because a lot of them do want to get into the college game. And I know something that we've talked on this show about before is literally every school is different when it comes to recruiting. Like you have to truly understand your school. You've got to understand the area around you and you have to understand your program to truly recruit and try to bring the best players. And you have to be able, and I think you, you kind of answered when you said we had to be the fun almost for our players. So that was that my question was back when it came to recruiting, I, I can just envision now I'm, I'm a 34 year old man. I, I can only envision a teenage girl a guy walking up and saying, Hey, I'm assistant coach uh, at Virginia military Institute. And we'd love for you to come on campus. Cause we'd, we'd like to, uh, we'd like to take a look at you. We, we like the way you play. And I can only think of a 16, 17, 18 year old girl being like military. What? Um, so that was going to be, that was my question of like, how did you bring that, that fun aspect of, yeah, you know, this is a, this is a tough school. The, the, the lifestyle of a student is different than that of a student athlete in other schools, but here's your breakaway. This is your, like you said, your release, your, your gig a little bit. What was, what are those conversations like you're at school, uh, like a VMI for those who are, for our, our younger coaches who are listening to this, we're thinking about applying to places and trying to get jobs wherever they can and may find themselves at a place like West Point, Citadel, Army, Navy, uh, or, or, or VMI. Yeah, I think, truthfully, I think for me, it was one, you got, especially at those places, and I think a lot of places in general, you just need to expect a lot of no's, right? You need to understand that you're not, at those kind of places, you're not going to be the fit for everybody and that's okay you know but you need to go and find the players and so i think that was that's number one is we knew we had to go and find the right fits for vmi and and it couldn't be you know you you weren't going and thinking okay you know i need this player and this player and this player because you know you really had to find the right player because you know at the military schools there's such a high attrition rate and so we really needed to make sure that one, we found the right fit and, and kind of the way I did, we did that was we really showed them everything about BMI. You know, I think there's two kind of philosophies or schools of thought on how you'd go about that. And, 
you know, you could kind of try to hide all the scary things and the hard things and say, oh, it's going to be a cakewalk. Athletes are different here. And, you know, but for us, we took it the other direction and said, you know, hey, this is everything that you're going to go through. See it, feel it kind of, you know, and if, if it's a yes, great. If it's a no, no. And so, you know, even in that first call, it was, it was talking a lot about all those things, but also showing why VMI is a great place too. I think VMI is an interesting place because of the, you get to choose whether you commission or not. And so, you know, I think we had a handful of players every year that came in wanting a commission. Um, we had a handful of players that came in and that they knew how good a school VMI was and, and they kind of saw, you know, what the benefit of going through that type of environment would be. Um, we had a handful of players that really just hadn't found their place, you know, and, and what the right fit was. And, and kind of we came along and, and all of a sudden I was like, oh, that might be a great opportunity, you know. And so part of it was just showing them everything, both the things that why it was such a great place, why our team was so close, um, you know, the community behind it, what you got out of it. But also, I think also showing them not the negative things, but just the hard things that they had to go through. And and then it was up to them to kind of make a decision if that was the right fit for them. Now, I do think if we got a kid on post, um, you know, I think they, they obviously knew quite a bit about what VMI was already. You know, so if we got a kid to post, it was typically that they were they were pretty interested and kind of knew what they were getting into. But we, see, I feel like it's a school where like, there are kids who want to go there, so they're going to reach out to you. And it, it not, it, not that it makes your job easier, but it helps you guys out. Yes and no. Um, I think yes, but at the same time, I think in some circles, you know, everybody knows about the academies, but I don't know that everybody knows about a VMI or a Citadel. And if then they, you know, do, they may not, you know, the amount of times I got asked, at tournaments, you know, oh, you're Division One. Well, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. One of one of the better, you know, my opinion, mid major conferences in the country, you know, and, and people just didn't know about BMI, and so that comes back to the educational piece, and, and you know, it, it was truly, I think we had to go all across the country and, and educate, you know, as educating club coaches and parents and just. You know, people, if we could get somebody who's like intrigued, it was really talking to them about what kind of goals and ambitions they had and, and did those fit what we were looking for and, you know, and the type of, you know, player, you know, because it, it really is total development of the person, but it's also adding a, a strong piece of mental toughness and, and things you have to overcome, you know, because BMI in a sense is about breaking you down and, and building you up you know, and, and, and bringing a bond, a bond amongst the classes and then amongst the Institute, you know, but it's done through, you know, tough tasks, you know, and, and things like that, that, you know, aren't fun for sure, you know, and, and, and are designed to break you a little bit. And, and certainly, you know, it does break some folks, but I think, you know, I think it, it can be, if people really see it, they can see how good of an experience it is. Now I've told a lot of people this. I I certainly don't think I could have done it at 18. At 20, 21, I think it would have been a great opportunity for me. Um, you know, so kudos to those those people that really see 
you know, the people that are at VMI and in the Citadel and those places that see what those places can do for them long-term versus, you know, thinking, you know, one year down the road, two years down the road. You know, we did talk to a lot of people that really had an opportunity to think farther down their career path, their life path, whatever that might be. Yeah, no. And honestly, I, Chris, we didn't have this on the show, but before was worried that he wasn't, or didn't, I wouldn't say worried, said you couldn't tell stories. You're doing a great job of stories so far. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah. I think I, you were just, so, you were selling yourself short. I guess so. <laughs> Well, appreciate the compliment, Rizzo. First, since I've not heard from you much today. <laughs> no, but um, one of the things we definitely want to get into is how did Knox come about then? Yeah, I, I don't really know. Um, it kind of, you know, obviously opened up and um, I had coached in the conference and, you know, and, and obviously on the women's side under TR Bell, uh, a huge mentor of mine as well, along with Chris and you know, one day he called, I, I remember actually exactly where it was. I was, uh, I was at the river city complex in Richmond, Virginia recruiting. Um, and he said, are you, you know, are you interested? I was like, oh, man, I, I really don't know. Um, you know, I, I didn't know if I really wanted to come back to the conference. You know, I, I, I had grown, not that I hadn't grown in the conference and at Lake Forest because I grew a lot, but it was really good for me to go away from what I knew. Um, and kind of put myself in that uncomfortable position. And and so, you know, I really wasn't sure if it was even something I was really loving life down in Virginia and, and at VMI. And, you know, he's, he's kind of like, Hey, think about it. I, you know, I've, I've given a call and I said, fine. And, you know, and, and really the more I thought about it, I thought it ended up being a great opportunity. Um, you know, fortunately went through the interview process and, um, you know, got a call to come on campus and, you know, the, I think there's a, a lot of different things. I tell a lot of recruits, this actually, is like, you know, Galesburg's an interesting place because there's a way you can come into town that you don't see Galesburg at all. Right. And, and when I played at Lake Forest and coached at Lake Forest and we came down to Knox, it was absolutely the case. You'd come on railroad tracks, you'd pull into Knox, you wouldn't see any of campus, any of town. Um, you know, you'd, you'd walk across to the field, you'd play, you'd go underneath the sports center shower and we'd go to the one subway and we'd, we'd leave. Um, you know, and so when I came on my interview, uh, for one, I was walking around campus and I was like, man, this is the, the first, the farthest North on campus I've ever been. It's kind of nice. I kind of like this place and, you know, walked around a little bit more and everybody was super friendly and super awesome. And it was, you know, really kind of meshing with, you know, some of the things I envisioned and, um, you know, and, and so then I, you know, they drove me around town and I was like, Oh, I didn't know there was a town here and there's some cool mom and pop type eateries. And, you know, there's a lake with paddle boats up, up North. And it's like, Oh man, this is actually a cool little town. Um, you know, and then, and then I, I think for me, the thing that sold me was, was getting into the meeting with the team, you know, all 31 or, or whatever. And, um, you know, I, I think, their ambitions and their questions and you know what they believed in where they wanted to go is 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 essentially what sold me um you know that was the point that I was like oh maybe this is the right opportunity for me you know and it it actually ended with um a player who's now junior for us she she asked something along the lines of you know and this was out of the blue everything else was kind of very soccer oriented and um you know she ended with something along the lines of like if you had to fend off you know, 
any amount of kindergartners, how many could you fend off at one time and why? And I was just like, whoa. And so, you know, my brain was just throw out an answer. And so I threw out like 42 and a half or something, something ridiculous. And then I was like, crap, I have to justify this, you know? And, and, and you know, if you've ever seen like a kindergartner, t- kindergarten teacher with, you know, kids on his arms and legs, and he's like walking like a monster, I can kind of gave one of those. And, you know, and at, at that point after that, and that kind of fun, easy settling question, I was kind of like, man, this could be a great place. Um, you, know, you just described my Monday through Fridays. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but no, I think for me, so that kind of sold it, sold it in my mind. And it was kind of like, oh, well, if they call, maybe this really is an op- awesome opportunity. And, and fortunately that did. And it's been a great almost two years since. That's awesome. And then how, what was it like first getting there? Because obviously you got hired a little bit late going into your first season. What was that like? Uh, yeah, I think, you know, I came in, I guess, mid January, early February. So I think I did miss a little bit of the recruiting piece, but I think the big thing was, was coming in and having a spring season. Um, you know, cause I, I guess I didn't really plan to change as much as, as we did. Um, but we did come in and, and ended up changing just based on what we saw, you know, there was a lot of kind of changes we made. So you know, a lot of system type stuff that we were really able to go over in the spring and really talk about our standards and our culture and um, at least get those conversations started versus starting that on August 18th. You know, we were able to have some of the upperclassmen come back last year, kind of knowing what they were in for. Um, and I think it was just through a lot of conversations with the captains and the leadership team and, you know, and what we believed in. I'm a big believer in it's not my experience. It's, it's kind of all of our experience. I'm kind of the one that is tasked with making the end decision. Um, but I want a lot of input from my team. Um, and so it was, it was really just kind of asking what they wanted and how do we go about it in the best ways. And, you know, I had some suggestions about how I really wanted to kind of change some of the things about the culture and the system. And so we just kind of set off about doing it. So maybe I didn't get the recruiting timeline maybe i uh, you know we brought in a, a very good sophomore class I, I the two that we we've got right now are, are are very strong and you know and i think you know it then then i was just about all right that's solidified let's really focus on um you know the 2017 class or 2018 whatever the whatever came in this <laughs> this fall um you know focus on that class and just focus on what can we do to get ready for the fall so i think i had enough time but it but it also definitely was how quickly can we do things? I think the other, you know, now that you bring it up, I think the other thing that was interesting is coming from the division one level to the division three, you know, where a week before at VMI, I was training our team, you know, although limited, it's, you still get those hours, you know, conditioning wise, strength wise, and a couple hours with the ball, you know, to kind of a hurry up and wait, you know, get on campus, but you can't do anything. You know, so that was definitely weird. Um, obviously, I had had that experience with it at Lake Forest, but, you know, two and a half years at VMI, it was, you know, kind of on the Division One side of things and, and you had a lot more time. And so it was definitely interesting coming in. It was like, oh, um, okay. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then, like, let's talk a little bit about the first season. Obviously, like, like and I know this because I've been around. We, we talk all the time. 
it wasn't in the beginning of the season getting all of that stuff that you were trying to implement in the beginning. It didn't all happen quickly and easily. No. Um, you know, but I think I kind of knew that. And, and certainly the start to our, our year last year was, you know, we played some some good competition up front. You know, Luther, Loris, uh, MSOE, Co. you know, in our first five games. Um, with also implementing kind of all these changes, a couple new freshmen, just things like that. And so all of a sudden it was like, oh, you know, but it was nice because, okay, we, we saw some things that we need, we hadn't adapted to yet with the new system. And okay, how do we fix that? How do we fix that? And, you know, fortunately the buy-in was strong enough that it was, they, they kept seeing the incremental changes and why it was going to work down the road. You know, I think, it was a challenge because the year before they had 19, one and one, um, you know, and so they lost their first game other than against the national champion in Wash U. They lost their, their, we lost, I think, you know, we were one and four, I think to start the year last year and, you know, close games, lost one, one nil and OT, things like that, but just under a lot of changes. And so I think that was a tough piece. It was, they could see the successes we are having in terms of, having the ball and creating chances and playing this attacking type system, you know, but, I, but the results just weren't coming yet. Um, you know, and so I think that was the frustrating part is, is they could see the benefits, but they also didn't necessarily necessarily feel the tangible reward. Um, but fortunately the buy-in was strong enough that, it, that, and they were seeing enough of the successes and why it was, why the world and the different standards and things, why it was going to be a great thing for us. And, and, and obviously and it ended up being last year. Um, but yeah, it was definitely an interesting start to the year. And, and I think we had some pretty good leadership last year, which kind of allowed us to get through that first time. And obviously, you know, that those first five games were my first five as a head coach too, you know, so as prepared as I, I felt I was, it's, it's, as you know, Rizzo, and, you know, it's, it's always a, ever-changing, ever-adapting thing. And and so certainly those first five games, it was, it was getting my feet wet as well. When did you notice in the season that changed? Like when it started to finally click and the results started matching the, what you guys were feeling in the training in the games? Yeah, I think truthfully uh, that Loris game, you know, um, and, and we've you and I have obviously talked a ton about that game last year. And two almost completely opposite styles, um, you know, but we really kind of clicked that game. And though we lost two to one, um, we played excellent and really, you know, showed against the top tier team. Um, we ended up actually being in the same pod with them in the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, we actually really showed that we could play the way we're trying to play create opportunities and hold toe to toe. And I think they were top, I don't know, 12 or 13 in the country at the time, you know, and, and, and they had some really good players and played a different style, but we played really well defensively and, and we held to our identity and tried to go a different way and the game had gone either way. Um, so I think we really saw at that point, even though it was a loss, it was like, yes, it works. And I think we were able to go back and look at the film and be like, yes, it works. Um, and then I think with that belief, you know, and, and we also certainly went into a schedule where we didn't play maybe as tough of a 
um, a remaining schedule as we did an opening schedule, but, um, you know, but we really started to score some goals off of it, create great opportunities. And, and, and I think it really was the belief. They really saw it come to fruition a little bit against Loris, really in the MSOE game before, but, um, you know, but I think after that, it, it started becoming tangible results in terms of goal scoring and us kind of dominating the ball and really having, you know, players having fun playing. Um, and then and then the, the results started coming. No, absolutely. And then what was it like getting that first conference championship for you, not for the team? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, obviously fun. You know, it's I think what I told people a lot in the offseason this year was, Obviously, that's good and well, right? Like, it's great to win a conference championship, win a conference tournament, go to the NCAA tournament, you know. But I think what was most important to me about last year was that how much fun it was. You know, I, like looking back at last year, and really this year has, has been too, um, you know, just how much I've enjoyed it. You know, and I think that has fostered the winning and the, you know, the championships and whatever, um, you know, and the hard work by the players, obviously. Um, but I think, you know, it was just fun, you know, and, um, and, and every day we kind of enjoyed a different thing and, and, and the team did as well. And I think we got to a point where, you know, it wasn't necessarily about the winning. It was about just, you know, playing our identity, our way, having a good time. And, and then obviously it's, it's also nice to win a trophy here and there. Absolutely. And what was like um, the transition going into this next year with just now you had it and, going back in like the off season, what was that like talking to the kids about trying to sustain what you guys have built then? Yeah, I think we, we kind of had a similar conversation last year just because they had won one, you know, their first one the year before I came in. Um, but I think, you know, it, it was talking to people about really to the team about, you know, we are more than ever going to have a target on our backs. You know, we will be, everyone's championship game, you know, in conference, I mean, and, and we've really seen that this year. Absolutely. You know, every team has played us really, really well. And so we've had to kind of find different ways where maybe as their first year, they were, they were able to surprise some people, you know, this year, you know, we've really had to find some different ways to win games and, you know, a couple of our games, we've gone down a goal or two, um, you know, one of one of the games we they had three shots and we were down two nothing, and had to figure out a way to come back. We've faced some some hurdles and, and and trials that you know maybe they're not used to, and it's just kind of figuring out those problems. But one of the things we did is, you know, we played one of the toughest schedules Knox women's soccer's ever seen. You know, played Chicago, played out in California against Chapman and Occidental, um, you know, Whitewater, et cetera, et cetera, and and a lot of away games at that. And I think that allowed us to face some tests, which have allowed us to know, Hey, if we keep chipping away at this game, we're going to get back in it, or we're going to create the chances, um, you know, and those kind of things. I think we've faced a couple trials. We've lost a, a really important factor in our team early on to, to an injury and she's an all conference player. And so I think what's been different this year is, you know, we lost her plus a, a senior graduated that I think had, 16 goals last year or something and you know so this year we don't necessarily have the player that's going to score 15 20 goals a year but we've really done it by committee um Rizzo you're great with stats so 
you probably know this better than I do, but we have 13 or 15 players that have scored goals this year, you know? And so a lot of, you know, five goal players, three goal players, so forth. I think one of our outside backs is like second on our team in goals. Um, You know, so I think it's, it's, we just had to figure it out a little bit more this year. Um, I think we are more than ever playing our identity in the way we've wanted to play. Um, but we've definitely had to figure out how to put chances away uh, and who in each game was going to step up to do that. Um, but when I came in and talking about the transition, you know, I think that was that was something that we really talked about is we want to play this way so that anyone in our team, and we train everybody the same way, we play a lot of numbers. After this weekend, I'm pretty sure we'll have started almost every player in our team this year. Um, you know, I think – we wanted it to be that anybody can contribute. Anybody who steps on the field is going to be able to give us a great moment versus saying, hey, we're going to rely on this one player, these two players. Um, and so I think that's the big change we made was just playing the way and training everybody the same way so that, you know, if we lose a 16-goal-a-year player or go, lose somebody to injury, it's not as big an impact as it could be. With the yeah, for me, my only Knox soccer experience was uh, last year. I got to watch the uh, conference final between you guys and the Fighting Scots of the Nick Rizzo Monmouth College. And um, you know, for for us that are our, our listeners and participated in in the soccer chat, we we kind of felt like we were on that ride with with Nick last year as the team just like kept winning in the in the conference tournament. It's just like they kept finding ways, kept finding ways to win. Yeah, I kind of felt like I was the villain. <laughs> a little bit yeah, yeah yeah it was like uh uh you know here comes uh you were like uh the was it the knights from uh from the big green and here came the big yeah. red uh <laughs> in the in the finals except uh nick didn't bring a goat with him um <laughs> although now i think nick's gonna go find a goat for himself um but uh so maybe we were like hyping up that you guys were the villains and here was the cinderella good guys uh the baby faces coming in for for the for the win but uh you know i i remember watching that game and watching you know almost like the, that chess match at the beginning and, and filling the team the teams filling each other out coaches filling out the style stuff like that in a game like that where it's conference championship uh you know like you talked about like you're the team that people give you their best because you know the, your teams have been successful what is it? Uh, Cause I've not been in a situation. I know Nick and I, we, Nick and I talked about this last week a little bit. What is that week? Like, cause you guys have mentioned like you guys conversate uh, pretty frequently that that 48 hours before that championship game, what is the relationship between yourself and Nick? And maybe if you were hearing the, the soccer chats where yes, we were making you guys the villain, was there like a lack of communication or like, was there just kind of like fun camaraderie jokes, laughter? Hey, you know, good luck uh, coming up. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, we played yesterday, so I don't know if we actually said that on the, this podcast, but um, we so did we not yesterday too. And, and, you know, we, Rizzo and I are talking before the game, we're talking in the morning, you know, I don't think our kids love it, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> the amount of times I've been asked, you know, why are you talking to him? Why are you friends with him? You know, but no, I think. Cause he's Nick Rizzo. How can you not be friends with right. him? You're right. You're, um, you know, but no, I, I don't know. I'm, I think. Rizzo knows this and, and we're in a group chat with two other Midwest conference coaches who we're good friends with. And I, I think that the thing is, is like, I'm the type of person that I can be, I want to be best friends with you. I, I'm not 
about like I don't need to hate you before the game. Obviously, when I step on the field and when that whistle blows, you know, I want to beat you. I want to beat Rizzo. I want to beat TR. I want to beat, you know, any of my friends that I'm playing. But, you know, I'm still friends with them. And, you know, I'm going to chat with them in the morning and wish them luck and, and all those kind of things. And the moment, you know, I get with my team, it's this is how we're going to beat Monmouth or Lake Forest or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, and like I said, I don't know that our kids love that too much, but I, I've got no problem talking to um, my friends before the game, you know, because, and especially because, you know, as, as you guys well know, you know, the point you get into, into a game, you know, you've kind of had your opportunity to really have a, an impact on it. You know, you can make mm-hmm. substitutions and, and things like that. And your team talk at halftime and so forth, but you know, it's, it's not football. It's not basketball where I'm calling plays. And so at that point, hopefully my kids are prepared and, you know, ready to go and hopefully motivated and, you know, it's in their hands at that point. Yeah. Was there a point in that? Oh, go ahead, Nick. No, I was going to say the night before the conference championship game, we were texting at like 10 p.m. <laughs> what are you going to do? 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 <laughs> well, Rizzo, Rizzo threw into the group chat yesterday uh, during the day that he was going to go a 6-3-1. So I prepared for it and he, he decided to go against that. <laughs> I knew you, cheeky, you, you cheeky bastard were going to diamond us again. Yeah, uh, no, last, last, last year in the tournament, it was a box. We went diamond yesterday. Yeah, I know. Oh, whatever. You four in the mid, four in the center mid. Yeah, yeah. I, I knew you were going to pull some crap because you did it on us last year. And I was prepared for it. Our girls just didn't do it. Yeah, I, well, I literally, I, I, I'm, I, I really went into that game thinking, do I go straight up what we've gone all year uh, or do I – do I try to change it? Cause I know Rizzo will have dissected us for like three, <laughs> you know, and, and hopefully, uh, hopefully whoever we play next Friday isn't listening. I, I haven't decided what I'm going to go for <laughs> for the conference tournament yet, but uh, yeah, we definitely tinkered it just because I knew you'd dissect us. <laughs> you bastard. What, uh, <laughs> what was there a point in that championship game last year? And, and I don't remember the exact time when, when scoring started and stuff like that. It, it wasn't there a period where it was tied up. No, maybe like early on three, nothing. Okay. Okay. Was there, a, when was the first goal scored? Like the 30th minute. I watched it the other day. Like 30, oh, okay. 30th, I think. Yeah. So in the first 28 minutes, was there a point knowing what they had done that that season and, and this kind of run they were on? Was there a point in that first twenty minutes where you were like, you know, like we're gonna we're gonna keep going, but maybe they're just the team of destiny. Maybe this is just how it how it's written. Um, you know, I think. Or is it no? We're gonna wax them. But keep like hurry up and score. No, it's with well, I'm <laughs> I'm a paranoid son of a gun, so um, it's never we're gonna wax anybody, uh, but. I think Mama's especially, you know, I have, this isn't just because he's on here, um, especially because, you know, we may actually see his head pop out of the screen in a moment, but <laughs> I just have, you know, the utmost respect for him. I know he's a good friend of mine, but, you know, I know he does a good job and he, you know, I think my vote is what put him over the top for, for coach of the year, but it's because he earned it. And, you know, they wouldn't have been there without the things he had done. And they have a few very, very explosive players who have just grown. And I was really impressed with one of them yesterday. Um, and, and so, you know, at any moment, one of those couple players can go off. And I knew that. So I do think we played pretty strong in the first 30 minutes. We really executed our game plan pretty nicely. Yeah, um, we the ball. You know, so, but I think 
I knew what they've done and I knew why they were successful. And I knew one sort of miscue or one ball where we step at the wrong time and, and one of their, their special players could get through. Um, and because they're coached to do that. And so, you know, I, I think my paranoia comes in before the game. Once I, you know, once I step on onto the field and, and kind of warm ups and the whistle blows, I'm, I'm just in it, you know, and I, I'm never really thinking this way or that way. Um, it's just, okay, what do we got to do to score a goal or, or sit, you know, whatever. And, but definitely the night before I was like, holy crap, what if this happens or, you know, what, what about this, you know? And, yeah. um, you know, I certainly was doing that Monday night before we played Rizzo <laughs> yesterday. So, um, yeah, I, I think, you know, I just, I, I think we've got some really good coaches in our league, especially that came into the league last year and, um, or, or two years ago in Rizzo's case, you know, and I think it's just, it's just, you know, you know, you're going to get something good out of them every time. And, you know, just, I, I try to be as, as prepared as possible because, um, you know, I, I really do believe that, you know, you take a little pressure off yourself if you're prepared, but, you know, certainly don't uh, spend as much time watching every division three game in the country every night, like Rizzo does, but uh, I, I do try to watch as much as I can. Do, uh, do you and the other Midwest uh, conference coaches have an over under on how much gum Nick will chew in the games that you guys play? <laughs> well, uh, truthfully, I haven't noticed it. I've been a cough drop guy this year. Um, <laughs> Which so Nick could take notes from because he's had this throat thing for the last three weeks. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, yeah, I've been a cough drop guy lately, but I, I think I might need to get to the gum thing. But it's because the cough drop thing has just sort of become a, a nervous tick at this point. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's something to where like, uh, you know, when my wife listens to the show, it becomes like our topic of discussion is Nick's gum habit and, and what could, what's the deep meaning behind it. Um, yeah. So I just wondered if like the, the you know, coaches get together their email and they're like, hey, how much uh, how much gum did he eat in your game? Uh, just to see who can uh, who can get the most. No, and- but now, now I'm going to have to pay attention to it. <laughs> next time you next time you guys go to uh to b-dubs go check out his car see how many uh packs of gum are in there yeah fair enough and mustard packets too <laughs> yeah, that's Sorry. what that's the backpack ketchup yeah 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 um i also i i wanted to ask this from somebody who was like there and and i feel like we may be like tooting nick's horn and stuff like that because i think kind of like you said like i don't know if he gets like the credit of of what he's done in his time there but strictly from like somebody who was inside, you know, the conference last year when when things started turning around for for them, and and like you said, you know, giving him a vote for for coach of the year, which I think Nick, are you still the reigning and defending coach of the year for the I time think being? Might be talking to the next one. Okay, well, until that time comes, you, you, we're talking about the reigning and defending uh, Midwest Conference coach of the year. When you are in your season and you just, you know, you're watching all these teams play and you, you see these coaches who are just, who are just clicking and they're on and they're doing a very, very good job. What's it like for you as a coach of, of that bullseye type program that everybody is coming for you to see that coach who's taking this team and starting to make them rise a little bit? What's that, what's that like from your eyes of somebody from within your own conference? Yeah, I think I'm on, of the mentality that I want. I want our conference to be as good as possible. And so I'm not of the mentality that I want people to be bad or this and that. I want us to, I want everybody to be as good as possible. I so you two also want Nick Rizzo to win all the soccer games. Except for one. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, fine. Yeah. I, you know, I think I want us to be as good as possible, but I want to beat them when they come to town, you know, and that's what it is. And so, no, I'm, I'm, I'm proud as hell of what Nick's done and, and some of the other folks that I know, 
that have taken head coaching jobs in the past couple of years. And, and funny enough, you know, there's a group of us that we've all worked the University of Virginia camp, um, you know, few years on end from my time at VMI. And, and like four or five of those coaches are now head coaches in Illinois, which is actually crazy. Um, you know, and then, and then obviously Ian, who is now at Carthage and there's people that it, it kind of seems like that Illinois group is, is becoming this tight knit group. So it's just cool to watch people grow and do what they can with their teams. And, you know, it, it almost is kind of looking at a, a new wave of, of coaches come through um, that are a bit younger, that have different backgrounds that are coming through and, and doing some really fun things. So I think it's just fun to watch. And then, you know, when they come to town, I want to, I want to play them and beat them. And, you know, but I think also like I'm trying to get all my friends on the schedule. I know you guys have talked about that a little bit and, you know, mm-hmm. so Shannon, you know, Aurora is a good friend of mine. Got our schedule for next year. Fortunately, I get to play Rizzo every year, TR every year. Um, and, and, and right now my mentor is the only team I haven't beaten in conference and pretty bummed about it this year. <laughs> I forgot. But, uh, can can, I, can I just get confirmation from both of you that next season, the week of your game, we will record the show before the game? We can do that. Absolutely. Unless okay. we're unless we're sucking again, in which case we can't. Gee, <laughs> Mini Christmas. It it doesn't matter what your teams are doing. I want a soccer chat where we have Nick versus the coach that he's playing that week. And like I said, I just want to introduce it and then sit back for the next hour and just listen. Who in the Midwest Conference and your little group text has the best banter? I, I don't know. I mean, like we all kind of do a little bit. I haven't seen you coach against Connor though. I can imagine that one gets pretty intense. I feel um, like from Connor's tweets and things that he said to me at camp, I feel like Connor's got the banter tip here. Yeah, I mean, we can go through all. I mean, there's a lot of good banter in our conference. Joe, who we had on, you need to show oh. him coach. He is, oh, I, I've, I've seen him at camp. I can only imagine him in, in, in the college game. He is a freaking firecracker, man. I've said all summer long that after he took that job that they need to literally mic him up every game and put a camera directly beside him on the sidelines. And that will be viral in no time. He, I think he accused both me and Chris's players of assault at some point. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. But he's like, the, he's the nicest person off it. Yeah, like, oh, Joe's the best. I think honestly, the most fired up I've gotten of anybody like that I'm friends with in our conference is Will, actually. And that was our first game last year. Um, regular season is like we kind of got snippy with each other over over a, a perceived card. Which, <laughs> I uh, forgot about that. It's, it, he, go, he goes, that's got to be a card. So I go, don't be calling for cards for my girls. And we were going back and forth for a little bit. Yeah. And well, and, and what, you know, and then similar, like Scott at IC, we were joking about a call and I got reprimanded hard by the referee because Scott, Scott and I were like play fighting. Um, and this referee, like, <laughs> came over and made a point that he needed to show to the cameras that he was, I was like, okay. And then Scott and I laughed about it afterwards, but um, no, I think it's a good time. I think TNR, TR and I had a couple good one-liners this year in our game at Lake Forest. And, you know, I think those are the more fun ones. And, and part of it is just, you know, I told him yesterday, I think his best quality is how passionate he is about the game, about team, about, you know, whatever. And, and so I think it's just, you know, we, we care so much about our program, our players, and, and just what we do that, like, sometimes it does get heated and not because we're pissed off at each other, but just because we care so much about what we're doing, you know? Yeah. And then, like, for you, like, just so we can get a little bit more, like, with you, like, going forward, like, 
are you going to be at any events or anything that people who want to connect with you can connect with you either at camps or showcases and things like that? Yeah, I think uh, you know, we'll be all over the place. Um, you know, surf, we'll be at Surf Cup and in, in Thanksgiving. I'll be out at FC Portland in January and probably the convention as well. Um, and then just a bunch of the West Coast events kind of through the spring and then try to hit some of the local Midwestern games as, as much as we can as well. I think that's a territory I probably need to get into a little bit more, um, seeing as I think I have two Illinois players on my team at the moment. Um, you know, but yeah, I'll be out there and then, uh, just kind of bouncing around. So, but you know, anybody can get with me anytime they want. With, um, like with going forward, like what are some, what are your goals for the next few years, both personally and with your team? You know, I, I don't know. I don't know that I necessarily have goals that are, are, are set at the moment. I think, I just want to keep enjoying it. We're I, I want to, I'm not a person that's going to be satisfied with what we've done. You know, I want to continue to build our level and build our consistency. And, you know, we're at a point that we're at an interesting point. I, I really believe we can beat anybody in the country. And I think at times we can lose to anybody in the country. And, and so it's just figuring out, you know, in those games against the top opponents is how do we continually manufacture offense and, and, you know, continually play at that level every game, you know, and, and I think that's, that's the next step. I think we play at a really high level and I think the next step is doing that every moment, every training session, having the drive. And so it's just continuing, continually building the level at Knox and um, bringing in great people. You know, I really, part of the reason I came to Knox was because I really felt like my vision was embodied at Knox and, and that's, total development of the player, you know, people that want to challenge themselves academically, um, you know, athletically, uh, soccer wise, want to win games, but having a great experience doing it. And then socially as well, you know, and, and so continue, continually bringing in people that, that fit that description who are going to be awesome people going to graduate and do awesome things. And, you know, hopefully just go from there, but just, I just don't ever want to be satisfied, I guess. Um, and, you know, and, and I think I want to, uh, continually instill that in our players they've done a great job buying in and wanting to get better and wanting to grow this program on and off the field and it's just you know every new class that comes in buying into that and and, and them taking you know pushing the people ahead of them and then taking the program to the next step every year and I think so far we've done that and so next year it'll be the same thing now obviously we've got you know two games guaranteed left and hopefully a few more so when uh, one of the things that we always try to do on soccer chat is to get coaches connected with other coaches. What's uh, your Twitter handle? What's your email? What, I mean, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty archaic, but I'm, I'm, I'm at the moment looking at my Twitter handle. Uh, it is at Knox Coach CHT. Um, my email's on on our, our website, but it's cshotthompson at knox.edu. Uh, email or Twitter is fine. Um, I know Katie because we're we, Rizzo and I play in a, are playing in a uh, indoor soccer league together in Monmouth, and and Katie's in charge of it as assistant, and and she has to wait a couple days if she direct messages me on Twitter, but uh, I will get back to you if you write me. 
Will you please get us a video of, uh, of you guys playing indoor soccer? Because we've, we've heard the stories from Nick's perspective of him and indoor soccer. We need um, some third-party uh, witnesses in this. Well, we, got, we got all the Knox coaches, all the Monmouth coaches participating. Okay. Well, we, ju- we just need confirmation of your stories. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll do. All right, Chris, thanks so much for coming on. We, uh, we enjoyed having you. We want to wish your team the best of luck going on the rest of the fall. Cool. Awesome. Appreciate it, guys. See you soon. It's always, again, we, we've talked about this a few times, but it's, it's always pretty fun when we get to talk to people that we know, but maybe don't know a ton about. You know, I think, I think we've talked. The only about- thing I know is that you have made him out to be the villain to me. And he's such a nice dude. <laughs> I don't know if that's entirely my fault. I think that's something. Well, I, I don't. I don't know. You purposefully, intentionally <laughs> build him as the heel, but uh, after talking to him, it was a complete turn. He's a baby face. Like Chris is a good dude. <laughs> Chris, Chris. Definitely- I think it's more of like how you how you talked about like just like people say Loris and they instantly hate Loris yeah. for whatever reason. I feel like that was kind of like how soccer chat's been with Knox. Uh, for like the last like 68 episodes that's because right. it's just like Knox. Oh, that's oh, that's like, that's the enemy. But now it's like, Oh, like Knox, Chris is cool. Yeah. No, good dude. I mean, there's a reason I get beers with him a lot. <laughs> I, who don't you get beers with? I mean, let's, let's answer the real questions here. People that I don't see ever. Well, oh, okay. Well, that's obvious. <laughs> I was no. thinking like, if there was like specific people, like, Oh, like, no, I won't, I won't go have them with them. No, I I actually heard this story the other day when I was coaching. Um, I was out recruiting and someone was like saying something about how I they were talking to me about someone and no one's like, Rizzo's my boy. And the person that I was coaching was like, You're not special. Rizzo's everyone's boy. Oh. <laughs> Yikes. And I was like, Well, that's probably true. I just, just wanna wanna hang out with everyone. But I think at the same time, like <sighs> one thing that I've learned like in, in like in the college game and like, there's a lot of coaches who are, who are friends who go out and, and, and have good times or meet up at conventions, stuff like that. And I wish that that was something <laughs> as weird as this is going to sound just from like my many, many years of, of coaching and, and high school. I think that's something that high school coaches need to be doing more of. They need to be hanging out and be friends with each other because I don't know what it is, but there's just so much animosity with high school coaches, ah, oh, that dude's SOB or, or that girl. Like, no, we're all trying to do the same thing. Relax, let it go. Do you, do you, do you like, are you talking about straight high school or like club high school? Uh, you know, I, I personally haven't seen it in club, uh, but I, I have seen it in high school soccer where you get these coaches who all they do is just bad mouth literally everybody. And you kind of sit back and you're like, well, and you wonder why people don't like you. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm, I feel like we're spilling all the tea right now, but that was just something I kind of thought of like, man, like all these college coaches we've had on talk, like all their friends and they're all in conference and, and, you know, they battle against each other. And I started thinking about like, wow, like high school coaches need to be a little more like that. I, I think, I mean, and this also might be where, and this is, this is going to sound bad because again, I think this is a great example though, because I think if I didn't know, Chris off the field as well as I do. And we didn't get beers all the time. If I only ever got to interact with him during soccer games, I don't know if I'd like Chris as much as I like him. Yeah. I like Chris a lot. <laughs> you know, he's an intense guy. You don't, like, you don't like soccer, Chris. You like non-soccer Chris. Yeah. 
Well, because it's not like that he's a bad guy. And the, like, you to- like, you tolerate soccer, Chris. Yeah, he's intense. Like he's he's beaten me twice or three times. Like it's it's one of those things where like I don't like Chris because like he he's been better than me. And so like it's one of those <laughs> things where I think that it's it's interesting because I don't know how many just because of proximity to each other. I and like they, it's not like high school coaches are going recruiting and meeting people. I just don't know if they have the opportunity to get to know the real people behind the coach, because sometimes the coach person is a very different person to the real person. And it's, it's okay. You can be, you can have two di- pretty different personalities and still be a, a good guy or a good girl off the field. I can say I experienced that once. I can remember when I was coaching high school. Um, and I do remember like being somewhere and running into somebody that I coached against and just kind of chatting for a little bit and whatnot. And on there, and they were just like, you are not the same person when you're on the field. And I, I was just like, I, I, I don't know. I kind of think that my personality is the same. I might be a little bit more over the top than I, than I am normally, but uh, you know, what you see is what you get. And they, and somebody's just like, man, like I, like you're not that bad of a dude. And it's one of those things where you kind of sit back and you're like, am I bad? Like <laughs> what's right. And you start like, self-evaluating yourself and then like when you're in in the game you're like oh what am i doing what am i doing what am i doing and is this like gonna make people freak out or whatever um so yeah i just I, f- I feel like there should be a little bit more camaraderie so if you high school coaches if you're listening to this organize some type of like social event in the preseason get your coaches together and uh you know maybe it's within your conference or your district whatever you may play just get together and get to know each other you know, do the, do the Rizzo, go to B-dubs, get some beers. I feel like as much as we talk about you going to B-dubs, like they should be sponsoring us. Um, B-dubs, Dairy Queen, Subway. I mean, I'm, I'm here for all of you guys. I, I promote you guys all the time. Um, but, I, you know, just organize something and get the, get the, get the good brotherness and the good sisterness out there. And like, let's, cause I feel like you hear these, these stories of, of these high school battles and, you know, and the kids feed off of that stuff too. And like, I think the more kids see that, uh, you know, all oh, the coaches get along that, you know, maybe it'll, uh, it'll work its way down into the players, uh, side as well. But, uh, that that's, that was just my, my rant topic for, for the week, I guess. But, uh, yeah, you know, for me, like I said, you know, I only know of Chris through you stories from you stories from cliff, uh, stories from, from, uh, from Ian as well. Uh, and for me, it was nice to finally get to to meet and hear the guy of the stories that I've heard. And so far, uh, the way that you presented him, you were the only person who did not present him in the way that I saw uh, in, in in our in our interview with him. Mainly yeah. because I I you may have portrayed him as a good dude in in the previous episodes, but I just always had like Knox, the villain, the heels in, in my mind, and I just I couldn't get it out. Well, I mean, I can tell. I, I tell him that I can dislike Knox and love him simultaneously. Like, there's there you go. <laughs> two things can be true at once. I can I can hate the team that beats us all the time and still really like their coach. Well, I, I think you know, I I don't know any of the other coaches in the Midwest, but I would feel like yeah. after do I? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Connor, Connor. Yeah. Connor. yeah. 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 Um. Well, apologies to those guys. Um. Shows you what I know about the Midwest Conference. I feel like after talking with Chris, if there's anybody who was going to take away the title from you of being the reigning, defending, undisputed Midwest Coach of the Year, I feel like Chris puts up a pretty good case for that. 
Oh yeah. No, he's good. Only, to- for, you, only for you to take back the throne next season. <laughs> that's that's the goal. That's the goal. Like I feel, you know, because we all get emotionally invested. And like how you talk about like we we have all these coaches on and you get emotionally invested in the coaches. So you start following the team. And I truly think that we have built this like fighting Scott nation around the country who are all like, we're wanting to see you succeed. So like when the season's over with, we're like, all right, we're all going to band together. We're all going to get to together. And we're going to like, just hash out like a bunch of sessions. And we're all going to, we're all going to find these players to send to you. And like, we're taking back the throne next year. I, I, I like that plan. Make Nick coach of the year again, <laughs> or just give me a conference title. I would probably take, I would prefer that one. If anything, well, we, we, we beggars can't be choosers. We can have both if we really need it. We can give Connor from Beloit can have coach of the year next year, and I'll, and I'll I'll take the title from Chris. Well, well, Connor Connor doesn't get my vote in coach of the year until he backs up his tweet promise about uh, sending me some Beloit gear. That's fair. I, I I gave him a lot of free advertisements this season, so come on now, come on, Connor, hook up your boy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, as the season's starting to end, you know, you kind of mentioned to Chris about uh, uh, getting out and, and things. Are are you starting to make your? Well, I mean, everybody knows you recruit twenty four seven, three sixty five, anyways. But are you now starting to make the planning for that post those first postseason uh, recruiting trips you're going to be on? Yeah, uh, if anyone wants to know, I'll be I'll be at. Uh... We, do want to, we want we want to uh, stalk you and and we want to see how much Dairy Queen you actually eat. I mean, I ate it tonight. <laughs> not shocked, not shocked I, whatsoever. Medium Reese's peanut butter cup lizard. Um, but no, so I will be at St. Louis next weekend, and then also be in Kansas City next week. I'm going to hop over for one game, and then I will. Is Indy at some point? I'm going to go see Bianca UIS for their ID camp at some point. There's, uh, there's so many coming up. I'm going to, I get to hang out. I'm like, honestly, the one I'm most, most excited about though is me and uh, Don Crow are going to Castle together. And um, I'm cool. super pumped because there's never a time that you have with Don Crow that's a bad time. And you're going to be in North Carolina with her too. Yes. Like that could be bad. Oh, dude, where she's like, like, I'm going to like, like you, it's going to be like when you ever, when you go see the celebrities at like the red carpet and there's the really famous celebrity and the random person who's walking with them. What? The random person who's walking with the celebrity. Yep. Or like their significant other that like has to stand off in the corner. Yeah. Everything's like, they're getting their picture taken, everything. That's going to be me the entire time. It's just like <laughs> Don being in her element with everyone she knows and like me, like trying to like stay away out of the corner, just trying to, trying to see sneak, soak up everything that I can from that moment. So uh, hopefully this fall and winter, you and I can connect and we'll uh, either work a camp or I guess if worse comes to worse, we'll have to find a wrestling show to go to. And either one of those things sounds like a fantastic way to spend time together. So if you're hosting an ID camp this fall or winter and you would like your boys, holler at us. If somebody wants to bring you into camp, Nick, how can they get in contact with you? At Coach N. Rizzo. What about you, brother? Mine is at Coach Sauter. And if you want your best camp experience of all time, you want some true evaluators, get a hold of Nick and I, and we will bring Soccer Chat to you and your camp, and you will absolutely love it. Uh, you know, this is a listener support podcast. We tell you every single week without this, without you guys, we, we have no soccer chat. Make sure you're plugging out all those links, whether it's on Google play iTunes, tune in 
iHeartRadio, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. Make sure to share those links. We truly, truly appreciate you guys doing that. Make sure to give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Once you have listeners, let's see that you're subscribing. Make sure to follow along the conversation every single Wednesday night, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Twitter. Follow the hashtag Soccer Chat. If you are Twitter illiterate, just go into the search bar, type in the pound sign, and then Soccer Chat, and you will see the conversations from every single Wednesday night. They are amazing. You can hop on anytime, even if you can get on Thursday morning. Still get on there. Send us your answers. Send us your questions. And I think that you will enjoy the professional development and the fellowship with your fellow coaches from around the country every single Wednesday night. And it is all possible thanks to the good folks at Social Media for the High School Athletes. Check them out online at socialstudentathletes.com and all over social media platforms at HS social media wow we've done 69 episodes 69 interviews we've, we've done a little bit over the 70 but this is the official episode 69 nick we're getting old brother we're getting old and the best part about all of it is that we get to do it again next week he's nick i'm sean nick we'll catch you later catch you later brother Is he officially your favorite guest because he picked the bravery? Chris has a new fan in my wife. Because <laughs> nice. songs. I've never heard I, that song. I, anytime a band has the in their name, I always have to ask her if she's heard it. Because we used to say a joke that like the only music she ever listened to was ones that had the, the bands that had the in the name and uh, like scene music. And she was like, yeah, I was just thinking to myself, like I have not heard the bravery in a really, really long time. I was like, is that your new favorite guest? And she was like, yeah, actually it is. (laughs) That's awesome.